I'm Asan and this is 9320 coming at you after another away day win for the Blues, this time beating Southampton 3-0. Joining me to talk about the Easter resurrection of Captain Vincent Company are Stefan, Howard and Julian. Firstly, welcome back Stefan, how was the holiday? Very, very nice. Yeah, Scouting uh, Mauritian fullbacks actually. <laughs> Did you find them? Uh, well, actually, I, they're, they're an improvement, yeah. Uh, you know, it's not a big league, but actually they, they would be an improvement over what we've got. So, uh, yeah, some some really interesting prospects out there. Super. We'll do a special pod about that later this week, definitely. Uh, Howard, welcome. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you. Excellent. Um, Julian, welcome. Good Easter weekend for you, mate. Yeah, a few beers, a few chocolate eggs. Uh, but, yeah, thank you. Awesome. Nice. Um, so, listen, I'm going to start with an opening question. Um Julian, I guess we'll start yes. with you. Uh, Pep said during the um, pre-match press conference, uh, he, when he was asked the question about Alexis Sanchez, at the very end of the answer that he gave, he said, we have a lot of work to do um, talking about the transfer market. When you hear him say that, does that excite you or disappoint you? Right. Well, you can look at it both ways, but it excites me because... I think he has got a lot to do at shipping out and coming in. But I think when you look at the squad in whole, you can see where he's going to have to strengthen, mm. you know, where he's going to. And, you know, the talk of this, you know, the, the Alexis Sanchez thing has been massive and to see. But it was just interesting, um, you know, how it was said. But no, it very much, very much uh, excites me. But I believe him. I think he's got a lot, a lot of business to do. And uh, and yeah, and you know, I think it can only be good for us going forward. Excellent, um, Stefan. What does it excite? I mean, it's a statement of the obvious, isn't it? You know, he knows he's got. Um, we, we we haven't addressed. You know, he failed to address the key issues last year. Uh, created another one with the goalkeeper. So. Uh, potentially created another one with uh, Sergio. So, yeah, there's a lot to do. I mean, you know, I just hope that they're well advanced. That's for me, is the key. Because if they're not well advanced by now, uh, I think we're going to have a bit of a problem. Do you think that was a message that was being sent to somebody somewhere? Or do you think it was just a statement of facts when he said... Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I, Cause yeah, I, I'm, never a big, I'm never a big fan of that. This is a message to the board. I don't, I don't think that, uh, certainly not in the way that Pep works with... Um, you know his friends uh, I, I don't think he needs to do that I don't think we're in a situation where the relationship between the management and the uh, and the business people have reached a point where he needs to send a message via the press yeah. so I would hope not um, I think yeah I, I do think it's just a statement of the obvious and I do think that they they are probably I'm going to hope that they are quite well advanced with a number of different um a number of different deals because they've got a lot to do, as he says. You yeah. know, it's How about for you? fingers crossed. Yeah, it's uh, done excite or otherwise. It's exactly what I'd expect to happen in the summer. Uh, I think we know there's going to be a lot of business, so I think you know I'd be a lot more disappointed if he said I'm really happy with the squad and it'll be a quiet summer. So, well, it works both ways. It's not just about transfers, is it? There's a lot of players who'll be leaving. I think so. Especially with contracts so. Do you think so it's a, then, so think then again on recent performances we're beginning to doubt some of the people that might be leaving, but it, yes. I think in any summer there's a lot of business anyway, isn't there? Yeah, you know, throughout guess, the club as a whole. But we know we know things need doing, so Yeah. 
the it thing is, that's, it is stating the obvious, yeah. The thing that surprises me, though, is that I, I don't remember the manager of a, of, a, of a Premier League club or a top club kind of coming out and saying, you know, April, May time, actually, we've got a lot of business to do this summer. You tend to... Fa- I, I've always found that, that coaches tend to play that down and always take the opposite no matter what they're going to do privately, publicly, it's always, no, 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 there's not going to be massive unhebel. There's not going to be a lot of players leaving, a lot of players coming in. So for me... Yeah, I think that... Yeah, that's, but that's a hostage to fortune thing, isn't it? I think it's a really good observation because I think, the, you know, usually they're reluctant to make themselves a hostage to what happens in the transfer market. Exactly. I think it's different this time, though, I think, because he's got so many players that are out of contract that he... That, Whatever happens, it's a very busy summer, right? Whether it's whether it's trading players, whether it's new contracts, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, it is a busy, you know, getting that squad together is a very, very difficult job for next year. Regardless of there's there's no status quo, right? Absolutely. A player that's out of contract, he's out of contract. He's going unless you do a deal with him. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I think that's what the, what's behind that. But it is a good observation. It's very unusual, I think, for a manager to come out. And kind of say, you know, a number of these players, probably effectively saying, a number of these players won't be here next season. Yeah, more, more or less. And also, just I think, it, I think there's there's always that. I guess for me, there's always that sense that that managers don't want to say it because, like you say, they become a hostage to fortune, and and everybody kind of, you know, all the selling clubs go, oh, Man City are coming, and they're going to have loads of money because they've got loads of business to do. Um, and I wonder with Pep, I don't know, just it. it I feel as though his tone has slightly shifted in the last, basically since we went out of the, the, the Champions League to Monaco, in terms of the squad as a whole, I think he's gone from, you know, overly praising all the players to maybe being a little bit more, I guess, circumspect in what he's saying and, and placing more question marks over the squad as a whole, which I guess makes sense with the number of players that are out of contract. Well, yeah, but didn't he basically say we're miles away? I mean, he, 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 I think he more or less used those words in the last press conference. Yes. He said we're, we're miles away. I mean, I think you're right. I think that there's the the last few weeks have seen a, a change. I thought he was relatively disingenuous with some of his praise earlier on in the season anyway. I think he's known he's miles away for a while. Yeah. Uh, but he's actually, to actually come out and say it again, you know, to actually explicitly say we're a long way away from being able to win the Champions League. It, you know, it's not something that managers usually do. They usually play along. Yeah. Uh, okay. Can I just say, you know, I mean, look at it this. I mean, I can't imagine that uh, Chica Begiristein is sat in his office now, just, I don't know, just maybe refreshing his, his podcast to see if this has dropped or something. I honestly think, and I'll tell you for why, I don't know if you guys remember, maybe last Last January, last February, Pep and Cheeky were seen in Amsterdam. Is that right? Does anyone yeah, remember that's this? Right. When they had a meeting uh, with uh, Gonzalo yes, and Sproul. Yeah, that's right. So I, I can't imagine. I mean, he must look at the squad. And we all know the situation with players out of contract and such. But I can't imagine him say, just coming up and saying, OK, so it, it's April. You know, we, we, you know, I just think that, you know, they identify the targets. And like I say, I don't know what it, how you sign a player, whether it's just, OK, we'll turn up with this money and you come and sign this. Obviously, there's a lot that goes into it. But obviously, I think the preparation um, has started long ago. He's identified what he does. And I, another interesting aspect, when he's asked about the players that are out of contract... 
um, for instance, um, you know, they've said about, he, he said, you know, we'll discuss it at the end of the season. And, and it's been asked about the, the players could, you know, maybe uh, Navas can go and talk to Seville and he could sign it. That's a risk to lose. So they're quite well prepared. So obviously, I know they've probably thought to themselves, OK, so maybe I'm just using it. It's cliche. We want him. I don't know if they said anything to him, but they've got a plan because they risk losing these players. So that's why I'm hoping. Listen, I'm hoping. Uh, but I'm sure the way that Pep is, I think that is, everything will, will be left. And, he's, you know, every time I've seen um, Pep, myself around the place is always you know with uh, Big Iristein and I just think they've got a close relationship but after what the club have done this has been a long time maybe eight years that they've wanted this so I think that the plan is well well underway I hope anyway I agree, I agree completely my only kind of caveat or concern um, and I'll just say it very briefly before we talk about South, Southampton is just that I feel as though this summer may well be far more competitive in terms of the number of clubs at our level looking for first 11 players. And I suspect that all of those clubs are more or less looking in the same positions. So, for example, if you look at Chelsea or you look at United, you would say, their supporters will say, we definitely need a centre-half, we definitely need a full-back, we definitely need a centre-forward, and potentially we need a centre-midfield player as well. So, And then you look at City's kind of holes or weaknesses in the squad and you would say more or less we're going to be buying in the same positions so and I you know some people will say oh well there's a massive pool of players that you can choose from I disagree with that I think at the very top level there's a very very small pool of players and we're all fighting and jostling for positions to try and land one of those players so I think I agree that I'm sure there's plenty of preparation that goes into it but for me when Pep says we have a lot of work to do that's because they probably have a lot of work to do, even not just in identifying players, but actually in going out and closing the deals and and and, and convincing those players to come to City this summer. I, I think this is definitely right. I mean, if you just look at left-back, right, and this is just looking at the Premier League, you've got Arsenal who apparently signed the um, guy the from Schalke. Backs. Yeah. Right? So, But they were le- after a left-back, yep. maybe, maybe two, because yep. neither Monreal nor Gibbs are good enough mm. in the way that R2 aren't good enough. You've got United have got the thing with Shaw. Are they after a left-back? Probably yes. You've got uh, Chelsea, who apparently are after a left-back and talking about Bertrand. You've got Liverpool, who apparently are after a left-back because um, uh, their guy is... No, no, who's the other one? The the guy that missed the open goal. Moreno is no no good. So so that's just... uh, Tottenham are the only one of the top six that are not looking for a left-back. And that's that's just England. And then on top of that, you've got, you know, the emergence of new money in Europe. You know, Milan are going to be active this summer as well, mm. right? So it's going to be massively competitive. And I think it is a big issue. And I don't think the pool of players is enormous. And uh, so I think what you're saying is absolutely right. So we've got a massive summer on top of there being massive competition. And people have got money. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be very, very challenging. I don't think you do any, hope that they're well advanced. Yeah, I don't think there's any, there's, there's no, I don't think there's any need to be depressed because ultimately we've got Guardiola and we've got uh, Mansour. So we have, in terms of, you know, we can compete with, with certainly with the Premier League clubs and, and maybe with the big clubs in Europe as well in terms of convincing and landing players. So it's not necessarily something that I'm depressed about, but I just, I definitely think it was interesting the way that Pep said we've got a lot of work to do. Um, and I think when I when I kind of put that next to what's going on in the marketplace, it makes me think between now 
and the start of pre-season, it's going to be a really intense scramble to convince players to get fees agreed. And I think come the end of the summer, it may well be the biggest transfer summer in terms of money spent that, that there's been. Uh, okay, now let's talk about beating Southampton. Uh, we're going to do this slightly differently. Uh, I want to start just by talking about the first half. Howard, what were your what were your initial thoughts on that on that first half? I know that for me, I felt that City was nil nil at half time. Decent first half from us. I felt that we missed some chances early, but then I felt Southampton missed some chances as well. Um, but overall, I felt we were pretty comfortable. How, what did you make of that first half? Yeah, it was a it was a seven out of ten. It was okay. Didn't feel too threatened. Say they had one chance, didn't they, that Tadic put over the bar. But other than that, don't remember them there threatening too much. So it felt quite controlled. But like a lot of our first halves, there was no killer instinct there. Uh, And sometimes you have to look at the match as a whole to to really judge how well the team did. Uh, I know Aguero had a couple of early chances, but they weren't weren't easy ones. But the second chance he probably should have put on target. Uh, the first chance he was really reaching around head height for it. And, of course, Silva missed a great chance. But I felt for a team that's given us so many problems in the, and just, you know, it changes players and managers and seems to go on, you know, as if nothing's changed whatsoever. And they've given us so many problems with their energy in the past. I did feel pretty comfortable considering. And they'd won the last two games, so they were in OK form. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't an exciting half, but I felt that we... We were quietly controlling it, and yeah, and you know, once the second half came along, that chances would become more frequent. Mm. Um, Julian, in terms of our, did you what did you make of Southampton? And just to kind of give that some some context, uh, do you think we were defensively stable, or did you feel as though there was that sensation that two or three passes can cut through us, which we've had at times this season? Well, I think that's been a story this season, hasn't it? I, I mean, the Tadic chance, I mean, it, it was all alone. I mean, he didn't even get it on target within the thing. But I think I think that annoyed me because it was just a typical, you know, a breakdown. I can't remember if it was a misplaced pass or something, which I think it was actually that, you know, that, that led us in. But, you know, like I say, on a whole, when I looked and I, I saw that, that uh, Gabbadini was back, I mean, he, I think he's a quality player, you know, and obviously he will be back for, for playing us. But no, I... I um, I think I, I think we were uh, I think we were solid and it was great to see. I mean, the, the, it's just them chances that he has where, where Tadic has when that happens to us or it's happened this season. You know, they've only had one chance and they've scored. You know, you can go back to to other games. So it was quite refreshing to see that you know go our way for once. Mm. Stefan, do you think it's realistic to not give up chances like the one that Tadic had or or not? Like I, I guess kind of looking at. at at games like that is it when you look at something like that do you go we've got to defend better or do you sort of accept that at the, with against decent Premier League teams over 90 minutes they'll create a couple of chances uh, yeah I, I mean I agree with the, the you're going to have there's going to be chances against you I think it was the nature of the way that chance was created so the way we lose the ball and the way that we just look very chaotic I think as Julian says, you know, the guy is completely free. Company is in all sorts of trouble in terms of his position. Mm. Uh, so I think it was more the kind of the chaos of it. But the reality is, if you think back through the game, I mean, 
you know, they created that, had its chance, and there was the header that Bravo saved. But besides that, I mean, almost nothing else. So I think, you know, as a whole, we defended extremely well against Southampton. Do you feel that maybe... What did you make of Southampton then? I guess that's that, that's the next question for me. I, I thought it was pretty much on the beach, wasn't it? I mean, mm. I, you know, they, they didn't have the... They didn't have the verve and the drive that I expected them to have. Um, but, you know, I, I thought we were pretty disappointing in the first half, to be honest. I mean, we were c- relatively controlled. But I, I, given the importance of the game, I think we should. We needed to see more energy from, from us. I mean, it came good in the end. Don't get me wrong. You know, we were. it was a comfortable win in the end. But, you know, that, that first half was allowed to kind of come and go. Uh, Do you think we stopped playing after we missed chances in first halves? I I I, I have this yeah, reflection. That I don't think those chances were so great. I mean, oh, you know, we had he's got. they were half. Silver's, Sil- Silver's chances are good chance. Yeah, I agree. Silver's chance is the best of the of the three. But you know, they're not. I just didn't think we were. We weren't really our fluent best, were we? I mean, no. in that first half, we weren't. We didn't look. We were all very, 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 very slow and laboured in terms of our passing. A movement. I thought the movement was awful in the first half. Okay. I just didn't think we were making the options that we usually make. Yeah, okay. weren't making the options that we usually make. Um, and I, I was a bit confused by that. I didn't, you know, it opened up a bit in the second half, and and that helped us. And maybe that's credit Southampton. Maybe they were, maybe they did their job and hoped that they were going to get the the kind of the breakaway goal that that ultimately. You know that we kind of got after the after the set piece. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I it was it was a um, Southampton were disappointing, but but they are on the beach. I mean, they they almost can't finish any higher than where they are. Yeah, um, Howard, what did you think of uh, what did you think of Southampton? Do you agree with Stefan that they were that they were they were off the beach, or do you think that to kind of maybe put it slightly differently? Whenever whenever I've seen Southampton this season in big games against big sides, the thing that has really struck me is how negative they are to start with. You sort of, and I felt that, that that's a pattern that repeated itself against City. So kind of putting their results against big teams aside in terms of the way that they play, I it's a bit disappointing for me because they have some good players and they have some good attacking players. And, and I felt as though, again, against City, it was really, a really a parked bus. Am I, am I doing them a disservice? No, it was not. No, not really. I think it was not an attacking performance by them. But you know, do City ever get credit for when other play when other teams don't play well? You know, is it because the other team? I, I don't agree that they'd be on the beach this early. To be honest, I know when you've got something to fight for, that extra five ten percent makes all the difference. You know, it can make yeah. a difference. But I don't think they're turning up just going through the motions. I, you know, everyone loves to play City anyway, and they'd love to beat us. So I can't think that the players were cruising Southampton players are cruising around the pitch I think yes it was kind of disappointing our performance but it also restricted them uh, I'm sure they'd love to have attacked more but they couldn't get going so there is some credit to City even though we ourselves yeah when we got into the final third we didn't have that killer instinct again but I don't I don't like this you know this caveat we always go on about that the other team's poor well, maybe they've been made to look poor maybe they can't get going you know it, well, they couldn't get the ball I mean I think well, that's yeah fair. exactly but, you know, we, and that's what City have done brilliantly this season for all the flaws and the problems we have dominated the ball so you can see where where we're trying to lead here is you know in, in Pep's perfect world the other 
team doesn't get any chances because you know with total domination of the ball then we eradicate chances which but it's not gonna, not going to happen in the real world and I think to restrict them to two chances over the match was a very solid team performance mm. uh, you have to look at it it's one of those matches you have to look at it over the 90 minutes not over 45 so yeah that's a very fair comment what do you make, Howard, and then Julian, I want you to answer this as well, because I asked Stefan, I'm curious what the three of you think. What do you make of, I feel as though, particularly in, in first halves this season, it's almost like we're, 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 we just, we're mentally our attackers. They're just not, they're not switched on. I feel as though we are missing way too many, I'm not necessarily saying, and I'm not just talking about clear-cut chances, I'm talking about you know, moments on the break where it's four on four or it's three on three. And I just feel as though, like, if you go back to what our issues were in September, October, November, I feel as though there's still uh, an under, there's still this underlying thing where from an attacking point of view, we're either not clinical enough or we don't, we're not showing a killer instinct. We're just make it for me, if I was going to be critical over the 90 minutes, never mind just over the 45, I feel as though we're still doing this thing where we need to create seven, eight, nine chances to win a game of football. And I just, yeah. I don't think that's going to, I don't think moving forward, I don't care how, I'm not talking specifically about any player, in general, moving forward, Guardiola's not going to accept that because you can't go and win Champions Leagues and, and multiple titles by needing... 12 chances, clear-cut chances in a game to score two or three goals. What do you stats, make of that? Stats don't back you up whatsoever, but our, our eyes tell us a different story. What do you mean the stats don't back me up? I don't think our chance conversion officially on the stats is that bad. I don't really? Have no. I'll have to dig them out for next time. Something to... Uh, no, I don't think it is, but I'll, we'll have a, I'll dig them out and we'll see in the future. Uh, but, yeah, what we see, it seems... You know, we've discussed it before... Our failures this season, I don't think, are down to defensive ineptitude. It's to missing chances just as much. We seem to be like, it's like reverse Monaco. We don't we start slowly and slowly warm up. And I do feel that we've been quite tepid a lot of first halves this season. Like Monaco come out all guns blazing, try and get the match won, and then kind of run out of steam at the end. So, But normally you've got the match won. And, you know, that's how, say, Ferguson used to do it at Old Trafford, come out. The traps. I'd love, I would love to see us come out a bit with a bit more energy and a bit more frenetic, and you know, try and get that because an early goal changes matches completely, doesn't it? So mm. yeah, I do. I, I don't. Yeah, it's been a pop. We seem to change our problems. You know, I, I felt we were really poor after half times for a month or so. Uh, we seem to have different fra- uh, phases in the match. Uh, it might be worth looking at the stats of when we score goals and whatnot, but. I think the team, a lot of the time, are looking at it a 90-minute thing and they're trying to wear teams down by dominating the ball. But it can make for some frustrating first halves. So I do agree. But we have had some good starts. I mean, if you oh, think no, it's some not, of the big games, I mean, yeah, you know, totally United big, away, yeah. Arsenal away, uh, even Arsenal yeah, at home, we started relatively well. Liverpool away, we started relatively well. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking five minutes, you know. Yeah. Five, yeah. I, no, I, I, I guess that what I'm trying to say is that I don't see a... I feel as though... I kind of agree with Howard that to a certain extent we are wearing teams down. Um, But my issue is just more about when you look... By the way, I've had a look at the chance conversion thing. We're fifth um, 
statistically, but my eyes tell me something completely different because in exactly, terms of yeah. how my issue is more just taking taking Silver's chance as an example. That's this isn't a criticism of Silver at all, but in general, four yards out, yeah, all you have to do is side foot the football into the back of the net. I don't see how you can be Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid if regularly your players are missing chances like that. Now, off the top of my head, De Bruyne, Aguero and Silva have missed chances like that since the turn of the year. Big chances in big games. And this is what I'm talking about. Particularly in first halves, I, I feel as though we're doing it more. So I'm wondering, again, Julian, this you got jump in this time. Like, Do you think this is a mentality thing? Or do you yeah. think it's a training uh, thing? Or do you think it's a player thing that they don't have the attributes? They don't have the killer instinct to finish and we're expecting too much? Uh, I mean, it, maybe it's a collective of them all. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, we miss a lot of chances. I know we create a lot, but, you know, killing teams off. I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to think, when was the last time? I mean, I've always been waiting for that game when we were going to absolutely batter someone. I mm. mean, when, when I mean that, I mean just absolutely taking a... Uh, apart now, I maybe I can look back and, and you, you maybe West Ham when we beat them five five nil in, in the cup or, uh, or and the league or something. But I'm talking about like a, a home performance or something where it's just been going in. I mean, we, we remember Newcastle at home last year. I think Aguero got five. Do you remember? I mean, yeah. I, I'm seeing a different. Listen, I mean, I, I know we're jumping a thing, but for instance. A couple of times, and it wasn't mentioned. There was a point away at Chelsea when Aguero was racing through, and you're like, "Now go!" And you just think he's like holding back as though, "Where's that yard of pace gone?" And there was a point in Southampton where he did the same thing, and you're like, "Where he does the twist and turn, you're just waiting for that acceleration, and he's kind of like lost that yard." You know, he plays on the shoulder, but it just seems that. You know, for me, it is. I mean, Silver, I mean, maybe it was on his right foot and he, maybe he's not got a right foot. But I know what you're saying. He should score as a side foot in and, and such like that. But, you know, De Bruyne against Chelsea, we can. But there's other people with guilt edge chances. But maybe it is. Maybe it's a, a tactical thing from what Guardiola wants for position, arriving, the ball and such. You know, it's going to it's going to take some time. But looking around, we just don't score enough, enough goals um, as we should do. And like I said, what, what number, it should be more than it is. You know what I mean? You, you, look, you look at that first half and you look at the ball, I think where I think Gail Cleesha puts the best ball I've ever seen him put in in a, in, a, in a long time. For me, you've got to add that ball. Now, I'm not, listen, I'm not a superstar striker, so I'm not telling Aguero, but for me, that was to, to head up. I mean, it was to do but I'm just saying you know you're missing chances and then you're looking at the game and you're like is it going to be one of them where you know they get a raggy goal and that's it you know we've got to find two and we can't, can't even get one yeah no I think like for example to talk very briefly about that that chance that um, from Clichy's cross I guess my thing is that I feel as though once in a game okay you kind of look at chances like that and you look at your top attacking players and you go the best of the best once in a game they might fluff a chance like that. But come the next chance, it's just getting buried. And I think maybe I'm missing a little bit of that. Again, not just from Aguero, across the whole side. This isn't about picking out any player in particular. It's just about, in general, lacking that killer instinct. Um, okay. Well, just... well, it's still it's mostly at home. I mean, it's really an issue at home more than anything still, isn't it? So, yeah, very much because, so. Because, we're because our away record is... Is excellent. So Absolutely. I don't know. Is it the best in the division? So it's, it's yeah. up there. 
so it's against so to me that suggests breaking down teams that then that's when you have to be clinical as away from home obviously the team can't park in the bus as much but uh, but I do agree obviously we, we have to become more clinical in the long term so. mm. okay but I, it has been silver I mean I know you said you didn't want to Chris Sil- silver's been one of the worst I think he's missed some unbelievable chances this season um, yeah. just one of those things I mean you know so but not, he, for Spain, not for Spain he hasn't but yeah well yeah De Bruyne I mean De Bruyne hasn't really got near the penalty area recently I that's another issue but um, yeah but what he hits that he hits the post from, from an identical no. angle to to Silver against Monaco is, was it against Monaco where he's where he's hit the post where all he's got to do is side put it into an empty net yeah, no, no, he has missed chances. So they, they all have. This but is the, the other aspect is the putting these teams to the sword. I mean, we talk about, you know, well, we haven't given somebody a Newcastle type beating. Well, we should have given Hull. You know, we were three 0 up at what sixty minutes. That that should have been then taking them to pieces and, and doing the goal difference. Southampton three 0 up after sixty minutes. Again, you know, why, why are we not going for the kill in these games and and doing something for the goal difference? We 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 tend to ease off and. You know, it was all very nice for the last 20 minutes, passing the ball around and under no danger. That's fine. I, I can see why you would do that. Uh, but in the past, we have really gone for the jugular with these teams and we, we haven't really done that this season. Yeah, no, I would I would go along with that. Uh, look, I want to push this forward into the second half. I, I To begin with, I felt that City, after the break, came out, dominated even more. I felt we were... The, pa- the passing was crisper, it was sharper. And sort of five minutes into the second half... I felt very, very comfortable that we break them down and we win that game of football. Um, Howard, yeah, I agree. Just not via the way it came, so <laughs> <laughs> and out swinging corner. So. But yeah, I felt, I felt if you just look at that second half as a whole, uh, we'd have to have been unbelievably wasteful to have messed that one up. Uh, but yeah, why the difference after a break? Uh, I don't know what happens in dressing rooms <laughs> because in the day nothing's really changed has it so but yeah the attitude yeah we were totally dominant and uh i did feel for once that the goal was coming uh, you, at did, some point it was coming at least probably more than one as well so. does anybody want to have a stab at why we only take out swinging corners and i've done since pellegrini came in it doesn't make any sense to me why we only almost exclusively it's either an outswinger or it's a short corner there's a great article in, in the FT so um, I can't remember who, who wrote it but it's about three years ago and mm. it's about Mancini changing from outswingers to inswingers and what happened to our um, number of goals scored from corners and it, and it revolutionised it we went from uh, bottom of the something like bottom of the corner taking to goal conversion to the top and we scored something like 15 goals in a season from in-swinging corners. And and then we stopped doing it again. It's utterly bizarre. I'll, I'll, um, I'll tweet it round. It's it's a really interesting article. If you've ever played a game of football, yeah, if you played in nets or defence, you know, if you're defending, you want an out-swinger, you don't want an in-swinger. Yeah, but we're talking, about, we're talking about Pep Guardiola. We're talking about... Like, and, and before that, we're talking about Manuel Pellegrini. I mean, with the best will in the world, these are not remedial football coaches. These are guys who have been managing at the top level for a long time and have had plenty of success. So there must be... I, 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 I want to get to the theory behind 
Why I'm going to make a hypothesis. I'm going to make a hypothesis up Go on. that there's some, there's some stat somewhere that outswingers are easy for the attackers to get their head on the ball. So I've made it up, but maybe, <laughs> maybe there's <laughs> yeah, but maybe there is a stat there somewhere. Yeah. I mean, you have to watch a lot of corners for that's, that. Perhaps they're easy to get. I don't know a clean header on goal, something like that somewhere. Some science buff has come up with that. I'd, that's all I can think of. That stats, it's stat led. It has to be because if yeah. you watch them, we don't have much success from them. Unless I'm wrong, I, I I can't remember. Maybe two years ago, maybe something like we went a long, long time without scoring from a corner. It became a massive thing, and I think I remember Martin Demichael's scoring away at Arsenal. Uh, quite late on with an absolute bullet of an header but we, we I mean we don't do it I mean but you know from Vinny scoring that I mean the last one maybe John Stones actually in the Champions League but we just you know it's the set piece thing it it needs looked at because we don't score as many as we're not as deadly uh, as an, an efficient really absolutely from, and also, like, and that, what we need more, we need more. I mean, like I say, you look, you look around the league, and you, you can see, you know, for, for, from set pieces. I don't want to, you know, you know, but you look at like a West West Brom, uh, West Brom team, and look, I don't want us to play like West Brom. Just putting it out there, but I'm just saying, you know, that's what they want. They want corners, and they want set pieces, and that's their best chance to score from, you know, and such like that. Now, but we need to add it into our game. And like I say, I must admit, the the, the delivery is. Um, He's not always. He's not great, is it? Let's fair. I mean, when you've got silver um, on corners or De Bruyne, I mean, how many missed? Uh, you know, don't even get the, the first man and such like that. And you think with the quality that they've got. This is what I'm like, saying. This is exactly you know, what I'm talking about. You're missing, a, you're missing a trick. Is that if you're going to dominate the ball and you're in second side and you have more chance in the opposition, then by law of averages, you're going to have quite a lot of free kicks and corners, aren't you? Just by definition, absolutely. By, by attacking more, so. You're wasting opportunities. Yeah, we don't want. To, we don't need to score the perfect goal every time. Just, well, look, uh, let's uh, let's talk about that imperfect goal that we scored from the um, from the corner. <laughs> what did you make of Julian? I'll start with you. What did you make of Vinny's performance over the ninety minutes? I thought it was phenomenal, and I, when I say that, I mean. Again, you know, I mean, the team selection and not being over, but to see him in, there's no John Stones and Otamendi. But listen, you know, you can name it. I thought Otamendi was just as good as, as Vinny. I thought they were, it, it, apart from that early chance, but other teams are going to get chances against you. You know what I mean? It, they've just, but I thought we were, they were superb, but Vinny even more. And, and the thing is, we've got, we, this is what, this is the play that we've got. We're coming towards the end of the season and we, we've got this dilemma. We've we've mentioned it many times. Well, do you think he'll be here next year, season? How long before he's injured again? And this is what he's seen. When you've when you got Vinny in uh, fit and, and playing like he does, you know, it's, it's a no-brainer to say this, but obviously you're always in that hat with these, uh, uh, you know, his injury record, can he sustain it? But playing like this, I, it was it was a joy to watch, and it rolling back the years, and, and this is what you want from, uh, you know, you imagine John Stones, yeah, playing next to Vinny, yeah. or see a fit, and that's what you can see, you know, every week it is. But I, I even, you know, I've got to give credit credit to Otamendi as well. I thought the two of them, they were just in sync, uh, and I thought I thought they were all uh, both amazing. Well, look, I, I I've I've been banging this drum for a few weeks now that I think since the turn of the year we've been much more stable defensively and we've just defended better both individually and, and collectively. Um, Stefan, would you go to the levels of hyperbole of saying he was phenomenal against Southampton? Vinny? 
uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just a brilliant player. So if he's fit, um, you just, you know, I would not, he'd be in the, in the same category as Aguero in that it would be madness to get rid if he's fit and if he can be fit. Um, you know, the, he is a, he's another one of the few elite players that we have. He's just an amazing uh, centre-half when he's fit. Is there any frustration at the fact that on the face of it, he's been fit for a lot longer than he's been playing for. And, for example, he doesn't get any minutes against Monaco. And you look at a performance like the performance that he gives against Southampton, or in fact like the performance that he gave against Chelsea, and you tend to wonder why, if he was fit for those ties, why he wasn't given an opportunity or am I, mean, I, I no I think I think it's bizarre the whole thing but we don't know we don't have all the facts I mean we talked about it before in terms of not having the data or the information that they've got in yeah. terms of where they are but you know it's not just his performance it's the way that he lifts the players around him I mean, Otamendi I thought was man of the, was my man of the match actually above above company I thought Otamendi was flawless yeah uh, and even Clichy had a good had a good solid game you know he makes a massive difference. He's just a... So Organiser, a leader. Yeah. He's yeah. everything you want from that position. And and to well, find that in the world game, I mean, how the hell are we going to find it? Well, you can't. You know, you, you, just walking on the that. pitch. You can't. Just walking on the pitch, the effect that has on the team. I don't think from... you can buy Vincent Company this summer. There's no player oh. out there at full stop. There's not a sink. Maybe Benucci. At Benucci. A, yeah, maybe Benucci. At a push. But again, he, I'm not sure if he speaks English. I'm not sure how he's going to kind of slot in into the Premier League, into our back line and kind of organise them immediately. Maybe he can do it. But for me, beyond Benucci, they're just, you know, you're talking about the absolute, Vinny at his best. You're talking about the absolute elite of the elite. Your Thiago Silva's at their peak. Those types of guys. Um, Benucci's not going to celebrate a goal like that either, is he? So. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. He's a bit of a madhead. I think he might celebrate. I know, but I think it's... Yeah, but it meant everything, didn't it? Yeah. He yeah. said he'd wait 15... I don't know what his quote was. He said he'd, he know, said he'd, he said that if, wait, if I have to wait 15 years for a moment like 15 that... 15 years, yeah. Yeah. So, enough said, really. <laughs> uh, I just hope yeah, he's still fit in 15 years' yeah. time. <laughs> well, we, you limit him to one game a week. Uh, not that we're... Well, we might have more than one a week at the end of the season, and you just you just pray, don't you? But I, for the first time, because it wasn't his first game back, I fuck, I wasn't there watching him, waiting for him to break down. I've just you know that second half, I was just enjoying the match, and yeah, yeah. And if he can keep going, mm. then in his his head as well, will become with every match he completes, his mental strength increases because it must have been hor- horrible couple of years for him. So just it's it. Well, to use the worst cliche of all, it's one game at a time for him, isn't it? And just hope if he can get through the season, it it changes everything. Yeah, and it'd absolutely. be absolute madness. I mean, we've all said we think he's going, but I don't think we were speaking of what we'd do. No, I mean, we just we well we assumed that he wasn't going to. Basically, it all boils down to it. We all thought there was zero chance of him staying fit in the long term. But if he can get through the season, then just maybe. Then absolutely. But what's the, just, there's no reason to get rid just none but also if you look at it, it I mean if the guy's not fit then you're not going to get a fee for him so we're basically going to yeah, be exactly. it's a you know and, it, and if he can play you know 10 games a season 
you might as well we might as well just use him until the end of his contract even on that basis because we're not going to get anything for him if he's not fit anyway yeah, but so there's I, no I agree we're not losing that. anything I agree what with that but my issue it? with that is that up until the Chelsea game you got the impression that even a fit Vincent Company wasn't an option for Guardiola so if you talk about conversations that we were having four weeks ago the reason we were having those conversations is because we we're all sat on podcasts going He's fit. The manager says he's fit. He's been training for two months, but he's not. He, you know, he's not making match mm. squads, and he's certainly not getting picked. So yeah, we got a very big piece. To do. We just don't have the data, though. I, I don't know what. I, I can't understand it. But there's 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 facts that we don't know. I you know I, I did watch him against Crystal Palace away and think, you know what? I'm not sure that he is the right guy for for Guardiola anyway. But then he fires uh, and, a crossfield ball but, but then, against Southampton. That's like yeah, no, no. But the whole performance. The whole performance, you know, it was, he's perfectly good for a Guardiola uh, a team. He's a perfectly good enough footballer to play in that way. He understands it. He is trying, uh, adapting. He does understand where to stand when Bravo's got the ball. All of the, all of the things that, you know, I think the manager wants, I think he can do. I, you know, aside from his positional sense on that breakaway with the, with the Tadic goal. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's about fitness ultimately. Uh, I, you know, I think he can play if he's if he's fit. I think Guardiola would want him in the team if he was fit, and I think Guardiola must know that he lacks players with his mentality outside of company. He must know that from the squad that he's got. Totally, no, totally. Um, look, I want to talk about our other magical Belgian, um, KDB, and his performance. Uh, firstly, so he gets selected over Raheem, and he plays from the right. For me, wasn't really a surprise in the sense that De Bruyne playing centrally the last sort of six weeks, eight weeks has been absolutely awful. So, it, the, for me, I didn't really expect him to get in the team, and I always felt like if he gets back in the team, it'll be on the right, and he'll kind of have to rebuild his confidence and Guardiola's confidence in him. Um, Howard, what did you make of KDB? Uh, well, for that second goal alone, <laughs> it's. He's, uh, he's earned his performance, you know, his inclusion. Uh, what, what can you say? You can have quiet times. I think someone said online, you have to reassess what do we expect of him. Mm. Well, let's say, hypothetically, he's terrible for 60 minutes and sets up two goals. Then well, he's, set up, he's got set up two goals and what more can you ask from him? Uh, I just That second goal was just beautiful. Is uh, everything about it better than the, was it the second goal against Hull last week? Uh, I think I enjoyed that one more than any for a long, long time. It was just a brilliant skill, brilliant team goal and composure from him and a beautiful little chip as well for, for one of our smallest players to head home for the third. So, yeah, he's still, during matches, if you give 10-minute slots, you still see sloppiness and misplaced passes. But has he improved? But has he improved? Yeah. Well, I'd say he got two assists. Yeah, he did just fine. Uh yeah, definitely better performance than you know from a few weeks ago when he was really struggling. Absolutely, yeah. maybe a week out has done him good, and that's what he's doing now. He's wrote, you know, he's leaving one of you just leave one player out every week, uh, just try and keep everyone that little bit fresher. Mm. So, uh, yeah, and yeah, let's be honest, I want him to see him starting next week at Wembley as well because with him on the pitch, you've always got. To, chance of a goal always so. absolutely at any particular moment he could do something that creates a goal so julian what about for you did you um 
Did you, do you think he's improving? Um, just how good was that second goal? No, I don't. I don't. I'll be controversial here. I, th- I think he was. I think he was average against Southampton. But bear in mind, listen. I, you know, for, I think since maybe I, I, I can remember since Huddersfield at home in the cup. I, th- I think he's been terrible since then. Now he's contributed. Like for instance, I think Liverpool at home when he puts that amazing cross in from the right. I mean. It, it, we, we know he can do that. It's just these the little things, the short passes and such, where you just like I'm I'm holding him to a higher standard because I know he can play better. And when he's on, he's on. Yeah, but even playing, I, I just don't think he's playing anywhere where he needs to. Maybe it's a system thing, fitting in and such like that. We thought we had it where we had the three in the middle, silver. Um, was it Yaya and KDB? But something, I don't know what it is or what it is, but he's not playing well for me at the moment. Again, taking aside them, the, the uh, you know, the, the crossing, we know he can do that. And it, it's when he can do it, it's just like, wow. And then he, he, he'll give little passes. Everyone gives him up. I just hold him to a higher standard. But I don't think he is. I really don't. Fair enough. Do you think that he... So let's... If I, if I run with the idea that he's not, in your eyes, he's not really improved and he's been poor more or less since Huddersfield... Mm. Do you still pick him every week because yeah, he has I that do magic? because of that of of course because you know at a moment like that he's having a terrible. I mean you you got you can watch it. I I did as well. Watch that cross for Aguero. It was inch perfect. But you see you see him. You know maybe it's a lack of fortune with hitting the post and such. He's quite hit it quite a few times a season as well. Maybe it's just not gone for him. But it just seems to, he's having that game where it's just not going for you. Like he says every week. But then all that the cross. Howard said. I mean the cross for Aguero inch perfect for the small guy on the pitch I mean it was just you know it, it was it, you couldn't have missed it it was that inch perfect but he's got it in his locker to do that yeah. and each frustration to say okay ne- next season one he's got a system all and he knows what to do and then he's going to be you know he's going to be the quarterback of the team and do it but that's what that's what he's you know he's got in but I you know I, he can play better and he will do but he's uh He's, he's he's such a talent such a talent Stefan I'm coming to you as well with this one I'm curious as to what you think uh, I'm probably somewhere somewhere in between. I mean, I I, th- I think our expectation levels are too great on him. I think you know very rarely do you have a game where he doesn't, you know, where he's anonymous yeah. uh, and doesn't create an absolutely fantastic chance or do something in terms of hitting the post or something. Yeah, I think he could do more. I think he's got it within him to do more. He's not had the best season. I think that's clear. But likewise, I can't remember a game where he's not created an absolutely wonderful chance with a with a perfect cross or or perfect ball through. So uh, he'd be in my team every week. Uh, I wouldn't even I wouldn't be resting him. I wouldn't be dropping him. I don't uh, you know in a big game certainly. Um, okay. So, uh, but could he do more? Yeah, of course. Do you think Do you think there's a question mark over him as a as a central as a, as a centre midfield player? I don't think we found. I don't think we found the right combination. I thought we, we we looked like we had found the right combination a few weeks ago, and we've gone backwards. But mm. but you know that applies to other players. Players are not going to play well. I don't think. I thought Silver was really poor against Southampton, for example. I thought and, really but, right, he was man of the match. No, I mean, I, well, I don't think so. You know, I I just think it happens. But I don't think we found. I don't think. You know, we lost the rhythm. We had a bit of rhythm in terms of the way that we were set up and playing a few weeks ago, uh, and 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 we've we've lost that a little bit. And I think KDB is one of the uh, is, is finding it more difficult to find where his natural position is within within this side. Yeah. Um, last three years, he's the top assister in Europe's top five leagues. So. Yeah, he is with forty-five, I think. Uh, yeah. Well, 
Yeah. Well, he's 42 and he's level okay. with Messi and Suarez since 2014 15. Yeah, and when, uh, and when you add our. And when you add our missed, chan- our missed uh, statistics, if, yeah. if we're right, so if we are missing a lot of chances, yeah. then right. through no fault of his own, he should have been way ahead. Yeah. So, you know, because he's creating, he creates the most unbelievable chances. I mean, the, the way he crosses a ball, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Um, it's a it's a night though, but I will say this. I mean, Stefan's right. I mean, he does uh, the amount of chances where you think, oh, he's missed out on two assists in this game. But the thing, I think he's leading the Premier League with assists, maybe 13 if I'm right. But, and you, and that's what I hold him to. I think he's, he's been poor for a while. But, you know, that just goes to show how, how high, I think we all think that as well, how high that he can he can be. I think we can, he's, he can go to another level. I he, I, so. Yeah, I do. Uh, and I, I also, I think we've seen that other level from him, from him in the past. I think that, you know, I, I tend to I tend to agree a little bit with Stefan. I've had a, had the feeling with De Bruyne, he's he's just had a new baby. Um, I, I just get the feeling that maybe his form has dipped. His head isn't quite, you know, football isn't the thing. And I, the, he did he did an interview actually. Um, he did a press conference before one of the Champions League ties where he talked about the fact that he's just had a new baby. And to be honest, outside of being at City. He's not really watching a lot of football or thinking about football a lot. So maybe he's just somebody who needs another preseason um, and a little bit of time with a little bit more time with Guardiola. Uh, and yeah, I think as the it's a cliche, but uh, class is permanent and form is absolutely temporary. Uh, okay, how big a win is that for the top four for the race for the top four? Because um, the celebrations at the end from. From Guardiola and and our bench seem to imply that it felt like a very 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 big three points. Howard, yeah, considering the other results, it is a really big three points because everyone's won. So, well, I still think Arsenal will tonight, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, it kind of would have been in big trouble. I mean, we could have gone into the derby behind United because obviously we don't get to play next week. So. Uh, really big three points to just keep ahead of the pack, really. So, do you agree? You, with look at, you look at our running, game? you know, so uh, it's probably I could see it like last year needing a point away at Watford and some dire game was <laughs> was, was drawing one all and it just petering out because uh, Watford really are on the beach and we're just trying not to concede. It shouldn't, I mean, it's hard to say, you know, I didn't think United would beat Chelsea, but they have, but they've got to go to Arsenal's. Got to go to us, Arsenal and Spurs. I think. Uh, apart from United, we have a pretty easy running. So if we play semi-decent, we win at least. Well, we can win every game in the rest of the season, uh, or at least all but one of them. So it shouldn't be a problem. Four of our last six are at home. So yeah, I, I think which is a problem. <laughs> it's more than a problem. Yeah, we're better away. I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I if think... teams are on the beach, then I think yeah, Leicester will be safe by the time we're playing. West Brom won't be playing for anything. Middlesbrough, obviously, was, might still be fighting, but a really poor team. Uh, and we've got Palace as well. They could be safe, but they they could be troublesome. But you know, it's we couldn't ask for couldn't ask for a much better running, to be honest. So. We should win five out of six. Come we on, and, you know. Them. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know, to be honest, it, I... four out of six will do it. Uh, maybe three and two draws would probably do it because 
to say it's unlikely United win every game and Arsenal. No, United won't. Arsenal are well adrift. So yeah. Uh, yeah, we'd rather be third, but again, the absolute necessity, you know, minimum is we is fourth. So that was the frustration. I mean, Liverpool pulling out two away wins at West Brom and Stoke that barely did. You know, yeah, they did play well. They did it, didn't they? So. Yeah, I mean, it's, know, I, it's, I think I think I think that in terms of in terms of the way this this unfolds over the rest of the season, I agree with you, Stefan. I think it's five wins out of six. I, I really do, and I think that in terms of whether we finish second, third, or fourth, I think it, there's still a question mark. I appreciate a lot of people said Spurs aren't going to be catched now, but Spurs have got to play United. They've got to play Arsenal. Um, they've got another couple of tricky away games, unless I'm mistaken. So. As good a form as they're in, um, yeah, they're not catching Chelsea, that's for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. not o- it's not over over for me. Let's put it let's put it that way. Um, anyway, Chelsea are one to ten to win the league, and we're one to ten to finish in the top four. So, you know, if you if you take off, you know, my wife, I take my pessimism away. Uh, the bookies are quite clear that we're finishing the top four. So, yeah, Julian, what about? Let's hope they are right on this. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, the teams that we've got to play, like I say, I mean, you know, looking at Crystal Palace and such like that. And when you've seen the the least the performance that they've put in recently, you know, Benteke scoring and that, it's game by game. But we, you're right. I think we should we should win the rest of them. How many games have we lost at home? Have we just lost a one to Chelsea. Was it one game we've lost? At home all season. I know we've drawn too many, but I think it is. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it, we, we should be. But again, when you're looking around, I mean, Didn't look, I, Everton at home. No, we drew one-one. Uh, yeah, but we missed many penalties. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it felt like, like a loss that one. That's why I mentioned it. Sorry, it, it, it is, yeah, but it is, isn't it? I mean, it's look. I don't listen. I don't want to make it, but watching the the, the game yesterday, you know, I mean. Potentially, potentially. I don't want to, you know. But if if we were to play Chelsea in in the in the final, I'm looking at that team yesterday, and we're just like, wow, these are the leaders. I mean, they, they looked, you know, average. I mean, I know, but taking aside and stuff like that. But you know, like I say, we've got big games to come, and like I say, I, you know, for to do us a favour at least and and keep it. But it's keeping it closer, and like I say, it's game by game, and and teams will you know grind out victories. And there's going to be, I'm telling you now, there's going to be some twists and turns and shocks and there will be there's going to be a result where you look at and say like for instance I'm not I don't want to jinx us but it, it's coming where we, we get okay we've got this team it's a, it's a no-brainer and then we, we, we end up playing Stoke and it's nil-nil and you're like yeah I didn't see that one coming mm. you know and I, I just it is it's just that you know how many finals have we got seven or eight finals that's what it is it's just turn up and play 90 minutes and, and get the job done because we know that we're capable of doing it and the frustration is you know, it's taken us, you know, 50 minutes and a goal down to say, OK, n- now let's play. Um, but like I say, oh, oh, I'd, listen, I, right now, if you give it me, I'd take fourth all day now. If, if we could do it right now, yeah. you know, I'd take the playoff, you know, that's fine. Because it's, it's I so, I mean, don't forget about transfer targets. You know, you're saying that, you're saying potentially, you know, we're saying if Alex, Alexis Sanchez wants to come, he wants to play Champions League football. He wants to do that. So you think about targets we've got. We've got the top ones that we want. Maybe the best left back, maybe we want Mbappe or, or we hope so. But do they want to come and play Europa League or whatever it is the answer to that is no you know so it's, it's so important as, as well as the revenue to get into that top four excellent um, right one last thing on the uh, on the Southampton game um, man of the match Stefan uh, Otamendi okay Howard 
got to be company. Okay, Julian. Yeah, I I go with uh, I got to go with company as well. Okay, fair enough. With with Otamendi close second. Okay. Um, I, I I would probably give it to Vinny as well, just because I was so pleased for him. Yeah. Uh, he opened the scoring as well. So. Yeah, no, it was a huge goal. It was a can really, I, really good goal. Can I just really quickly ask, and it didn't matter in the end, did you think it was a penalty in the first half? Oh, come on. How is it not a penalty? Oh, we had a blazing row in the pub with two people. You know what? I had, <laughs> I had a massive row as well yesterday because they're well, talking about... Tough in the pub. Yeah, it, it, it was it, the same here because uh, maybe I'm biased and stuff, but he's gone past him. People say, well... He got a finger to it and pushed it, but irrelevant. okay, irrelevant. But he also fouls the player. I mean, if Sane, he can still get the ball if it's going wide. Okay, so for me, he's impeding the play. He might get a, a fingertip touch, but he also fouls the player as well to stop him gaining the advantage. Now, maybe he can't put it in from that angle, but maybe he can square it across. And for the life of me, and we could go on and on and on and get me going, but for the life of me. And everyone says, oh, we should bring TV replays in and all this kind of stuff. It's 2017, you know. I mean, in the in the Champions League, I don't know what they do. Maybe maybe you guys do. They have these guys that stand behind the, the in that box. And if the referee can't see from that on, why have we not got uh, somebody behind the goal like we do in the Champions League to say, okay, from that angle, I see it. And that's it. I mean, like I say. I don't of- think he needed help. I don't think he needed help. I think that's a penalty. It's really obvious. It's not and, a- uh, we're going on about it. This is the thing that they gets up then, okay? So a million different things is referees again. We're talking about it again. It's, it's you know, Howard says it's the best. Is it paranoia? Is it the paranoia that we've got that, um, you know, it's against City, everything's against City? It is. We're coming down to it. If that game finishes nil-nil, you know, it's just like, yeah, well, we should have had a penalty, okay? And Or maybe it should have been a red card, whatever it is. It's, it's things like that that changed, changed the game for us. Competence. I don't think it's... Well, it's poor. It's poor. Well, okay, what? across the board then. It's so poor. And it's just like, look, this is, is quote-unquote the best league in the world, yeah? And we have to have the best officials in the world. Like I say, I mean, it's just, come on. I mean, how can everyone else see it? On Okay, maybe I'm my armchair with 50 different TV angles. So why can't we implement that somehow in the game? I mean, what it does the fourth official do either it's I have no idea it's pointless but hang on I, I think he t- does touch it right do we think he definitely touches the ball no no I'm so, uh, even the idea that he definitely do, does he touch the ball afterwards I'm not asking whether that makes a difference to your view I, I think what, what I heard was people accept that he touch, touches the ball okay right. well, the that changes nothing no okay but does he touch the ball oh well you can't tell he might have brushed it I don't know I think unless there's clear contact with the ball he doesn't touch the ball and there's not clear contact I think he touches the ball and I don't I think didn't Guardiola say Sane said it wasn't a penalty okay that I don't know but again, I, from what I see, and like I say, we've all got different opinions and maybe it is, but that's a penalty to me because even if he does, forget it, right? Even if he does, because a penalty is one different ways, okay? You could never have the same one. But if he if he fingertip touched the ball, yeah, and he can knock it around, but then he takes the man as well, he, there's no advantage for Sane or whoever it is because Sane can still go, go after the ball and get it wide. He can still keep it in play. Maybe it's not a good goal scoring uh, chance but if he puts it across or something so for me it's a penalty it has mm. to be a penalty uh, one thing yeah I know, no but I, and I thought that when I saw it right but I then think when when you see it new million times I think he does touch the ball and I think the reaction of Sane has to be influential you know and I think it was influential in terms of the referee's decision and the rest of the players they're not and maybe we're just wet right maybe we just got a wet team that doesn't 
go crazy with the referee and go, that's the blatant penalty. But the players don't react as if it's a penalty. I mean, they, they react as if the referee's got the right decision. And that was pretty that's persuasive for me. That's no, you're right. If Suarez would have been roll, would have rolled 17 times yeah. right up to the billboard, crying, shout, screaming, stay down for five minutes... And to be let's honest, be honest, a bit, and that would mean that. that would have, yeah, the effect of that is, oh, yeah, to play I would. To I'll, I'll, I'll have a little bit more of that. One thing we I'll are, say. we are ridiculous like that. We've got to start being cleverer in terms of gamesmanship within these games, especially in Europe. We yeah, don't, but, you we know, don't lose I our heads it. until we completely lose our heads. That's the thing for me with this city side. There isn't the. I feel as though maybe it's a lack of leadership. But like, if you go back to that that Chelsea game where Aguero and 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 Fernandinho go, it's like. We we don't have this. We don't have the what I would call professional gamesmanship really within us. So when we lose our heads, we just literally lose our heads, as opposed to anybody doing it with a bit of intelligence or constantly being mm. in the uh, in the. Which is amazing because we yeah. probably you know I thought this we were getting bullied against Chelsea away in a, in a similar way, and you probably had six hundred caps on the field at that point. It's amazing, and yet it? and yet we don't seem to have picked up over that time. You know, kind of the art of the dark arts. I don't know. It's just it, it, I find I it very surprising. Hate it in a modern game, but if everyone's doing it, then you of course, to, yeah, I then you're losing out. Yeah. You can't be honourable about it, can you? I, I think it's when, ridiculous. When, when, I mean, when you, you know, this is how Leicester won a title with Vardy collapsing to the ground every time. Of, also, the number there. of non-penalty awards that were penalties for us this season. Surely it's reached a point where those attacking players know, yo, if they touch you, you're going to have to go down like you've been shot in the head. Otherwise, you're not going to get anything. Um, one last thing. Although, about... although just on that, we've had at least two where because they've gone down like they're shot booked. in the head, they haven't yeah. got it. Yeah, I've been criticised. And they've been criticised. Yeah, no, there's, there's a no win. One thing, the last thing on the, on the Sane chance. He's through. He, he should. He should just be slotting that past the goalkeeper. What's he doing? Trying to go round him? Is that what you said against Arsenal? No, that's not what I said against Arsenal. Well, <laughs> come on. So you know the guy's done it two weeks ago. He's done exactly the same thing, and he scored a fantastic goal, gone round the goalkeeper. I think. Yeah, but you know, the it's breaks. the same scenario. Dems the breaks though. When you play for a top, top, top team, yeah, and you get put in that position, whatever you choose to do when you're one on one with the goalkeeper you better make sure it works because if it doesn't work, guys like me will be going, why did he do that? That's, you know. He does it a lot, you know. He does it a lot. When you go and watch, when, when he played for uh, Schalke and such, he, he does that. I know. Uh, an art form. But like I say, should have for my he should have had a penalty. But I'll just say, just, just one quick, I thought his finish was amazing. I mean, the ball, but I thought he'd missed that chance when it came because I just thought, yeah. when you see it, it was just like, bang, there was no finesse on it, if you will. It just, it was a beautiful finish, beautiful. He's so good, Sane. I mean, I could do a podcast just on how Ow. impressive he actually has been. And not just with the ball, but without the ball, the work that he puts in. He's, he's going to be some player that boy is really, he's going to be, yeah. Really, really. Just, just remind me against Chelsea when he's clean through. Does he try and go around the goalie or does he shoot? I don't remember. You tell me. Do you remember when he gets thread through? It's one-one. Yeah. No, he, he tries to chip the keeper, doesn't he? Does he? Right. So you know he's tried both. He, I think you're both, right yeah. that he can. You can criticise if he doesn't come off, but I mean. That's just when when players are one-on-one -on -one at that level. I attacking players. My feeling is that you know, like for example. Pep's not going to go in the dressing room, pat him on the back and go, don't worry, that's a penalty. Pep's going to go, in that position, you've just got to score a goal, mate. 
It's that simple. Um, okay. A question for the three of you. With with the way that we have seen the re-emergence of Delph and company in particular, and also Bravo to, to a lesser extent, I'm not talking about what Pep will do. I'm talking about for the three of you. Have any of you changed your minds about the future of, of any of those three players? Or do you still feel as though those three are gone this summer no matter what? Um, I, I have. Go on. I have. I, I tell you, so, so Delph wasn't in the team. Everyone was scratching their head. It's not um, Delph every week. It's Delph every, you know, it is Delph um, every other weekend, isn't it? And that's the thing. So was he injured or not? I'm not too sure. But the past performance, it was frustrating that he wasn't even in the uh, the matchday squad. As for company, well, he, he just throws it on his, um, you know, he just throws it up in the air and you see that. So again, I'm unsure. But bravo, I'll have a go at this one. And I'll say this, right. You know, I'll take you back to maybe 14 months ago to, to the to Carling Cup final, okay? So the, the build-up of that uh, week was that Willie Caballero was going to play. And including myself, I was the one that was dead against it, okay? It should be your best team out there, Joe Hart, all that kind of stuff. And I wasn't on my own. I'm sure you would have known that. Now, th- that situation, I, I, I wasn't happy because, obviously, because you want to win, you want your best players out there. And I thought that Joe Hart in that situation was the best chance to do it. So Willie, as the game of his life, okay, it, it, we all know this though now, but walking out that stadium, everybody was singing his name and he automatically put himself as that kind of, I would say that he's gone up as a legend just for that performance, right? But b- beyond that, no one would say that. So I think it's changed now because of this. Because if anyone thinks that Bravo is, is going to be gone this you know, he's not going to be here next season. I think are very wrong for the simple thing is we ain't going to replace two keepers along with a left back, a right back, a striker. I mean, it's just not going to happen. He's, Bravo will be there, whether it be number one or not, but he's still going to be there. I think Caballero, I think we will get a new keeper, but you're not bringing two keepers in. And and the, my reason for that is as well with the money, because we need to put it elsewhere. But when the build-up play, you, you saw Pep put him back in the team, okay? And maybe maybe he should play, play as a central midfielder, okay? Maybe he should, because his, his footwork is so good. And you, you've got to admit that he's saving, okay? He's not. We all jeer and we all, we all see people around us. But that save, when he makes that pinpoint header, how many people, including myself, would say, oh, my God, he saved it. Oh, I mean, like... Yeah, and you do that ironic cheer like, ooh, or you were just waiting for Twitter to blow up and say, okay, one shot, one goal, he's had to it, and this is the thing where it's starting. So I think that, you know, Pep putting him in is very clever because he shows that, you know, this is it. Uh, I think he, he's, he's, he's going to be in, in, the, uh, in the plans going forward. Okay. And I just... And I just think he just needs that kind of, um, you know, he needed that clean sheet. He needed that run of games. That's only my, that's my thinking. Look, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Stefan, on the three of them. What- well, I think he's staying. I, I think Bravo is staying. I think you're right. I mean, uh, but, but I don't think uh, I don't think it's justified. But I think uh, you know the, the analysis in terms of being able to find two goalkeepers, I think, is impossible. So I think he is staying. Um, Company. He's definitely not good enough. I don't even think he's... But by the way, I don't even think his passing against Southampton I thought was poor, right? The one where he comes out of the goal and uh, miles out of his goal as if it's some kind of fa- fabulous pep invention walking out to the corner flag and then knocks a ball infield that they then collect. That's not good goalkeeping. It's not good distribution. And earlier on as well, he knocked a ball that was very, very poor. So I don't think he's flawless in his passing either. I think... I think the guy is just a not not a good goalkeeper, 
at the moment for us, but I think he's staying. Okay. Company, uh, as I said before, what's the point in selling the guy? We get no fee if he's not fit. And if he's fit, he has to be staying. Uh, Delph is a homegrown player. We have almost no homegrown players. I think he's staying, um, regardless of how good he is or how many games he's going to play. Uh, I thought you you overblew how how great he is in the couple of podcasts when I was away, but I think he's staying because we we again we can't sign you know numerous players that tick yeah. all the positional boxes and are also homegrown. They don't exist. We can't sign them. Step so uh, he's staying. Navas as well. Uh, no, I wouldn't, but okay. I, I can see that there's a probably going to be a, a movement towards keeping him. Okay. Um, Howard, the the four of them now, Delft Company, Bravo and Navas. Uh, which uh, ones do you keep? Which ones do you sell? Right. Well, I totally agree with the other two. That I think, uh, to what I think happens, Bravo stays. Let's say we buy another keeper, let's say the Benfica keeper, and Pep talks about them competing for one spot with being no clear number one. But we all hope that, say, that really it's the Benfica keeper who isn't the number one. What I would, I'd have loved instead, we buy a keeper, by a great keeper, Bravo goes, Caballero stays number two. Uh, but I don't see that's happening. I see another keeper coming in and Bravo staying. Uh, Delph, I've not changed my mind because I never wanted to go in the first place because I think we should actually give the player a chance before we decide whether he goes. He's cheap, he doesn't cost us a lot, he's English. Uh, and I think he's an alright footballer and more than good enough for our squad. Navas, I think, is going. Uh, yes... He's done, a, he's done pretty all right as a right-back, but I don't think it changes anything. Uh, would I want him to stay? As a number two right-back, it's not the end of the world, but we've said before, I, if it's stunting a youth player like Maffeo, I'd rather he went. And I think he almost certainly is going anyway. Uh, as for company, well, yeah, we had all given up and there's a bit of hope. I absolutely... Unless if he does not get another bad injury, then he has to stay, surely has to stay so okay fair enough um right as we do every week i want to wrap up by asking the three of you um three questions that that i've i've randomly pulled off our of our twitter feed uh the first one is for you julian and it mm-hmm. is from mike harris and the question is if Vinny had been fit all season would we be closer to chelsea and spurs mm, i mean I'd, I'd have to maybe maybe yeah i mean what has been our problem, you know, putting chances away? Maybe, okay, maybe. If if he plays like that every week, then yeah, I'd say we, we will be closer, so yeah. I think definitely. I think if Vinny's been fit all season, we'd probably mount a title challenge. Um, Howard, given the respective run-ins of Liverpool and the Rags, how likely are City to get a top-four spot? That's from what Steve said. Well, I kind of covered it a bit earlier. We should. Uh, I don't remember Liverpool's but I think it's pretty easy, isn't it? I think they've played the top eight, haven't they? More or less, yeah. Home and away, they have played the top eight now, so no one. it's ninth and below for them. They're one of those teams who, again, can just mess up at any point whatsoever. Uh, but I expect, I think, the current top four is how it will end. So okay. The current top six is how it will end. Uh, yeah, so United have got tough games, and they can, they can win any one of those games, but to win them all... It's highly unlikely. Uh, they've mm. got to go to Spurs. They've got Arsenal, I think. I don't know if it's home or away. Uh, but obviously they've got to go to us as well. Uh, yeah, I think the top six stays in its current order. Okay. I think you just called Everton in the top six, by the way. Are they six? Yeah, they are. They're, they're, they're... Oh, 
Yeah, but Arsenal's still to play, aren't they? We've got they three go games back? in hand, Arsenal. Yeah. Well, Arsenal are sixth, but they've, they've, we've not finished seventh. the week 10 games yet, have Arsenal are seventh. seventh. Arsenal are seventh at the moment. They've got three no. games in hand over Everton. Yeah, but they play tonight, so if they want Correct. tonight, they go above or... Uh, I think they go level on points. Yeah, yeah. Right. two games in hand. Arsenal are the yeah. team that I fear. Not fear. Uh, Arsenal are the team that I think could collapse because of everything that's going on around Wenger. I think, for example, if they don't win tonight, if we then beat them in the semi-final, I think that the wheels could come off that wagon really, really quickly. Uh, okay, Stefan. Last question for you. Uh, do you think that Chelsea being champions has more pull to transfer targets than us having Pep? And that's from at Kepi. Hmm. Uh, no, I suspect London is a bigger influence than being the champions. I mean, it's a historic thing, isn't it? You know, you're playing for the champions, but they won it last season. Not, not it doesn't yeah. make you part of a champion win, championship winning team, but it does put you in Europe. So uh, it did make a difference, and we referred to it last week. It did make a difference when they signed Hazard when they won the champion uh, Champions League. But that was because if they hadn't won the Champions League, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have actually been in the tournament the yeah. following season. So, no, I think uh, look, Chelsea are going to be a big draw anyway. So there's not much in it between, a, a, you know, where Pep will pick up the phone to you and tell, tell you he wants you uh, uh, versus City and Chelsea. You know, the money's going to be pretty much the same. But there are players that want to go to London, I think. Yeah. Hey, also, just very briefly, Stefan, um, I know somebody else asked me this, or maybe it was the same person who asked this question, but... Do you think that as much as we kind of look at Pep as a, as, a, as, a, as a big kind of draw for the club, do you think that there'll be players that will be turned off by just the way he is? Because he, he is quite intense and quite demanding and quite sort of, you know, it, 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 yeah. I mean, he, he's, I don't want to say he's unorthodox, but there is an element of what everything that he does that is a little bit unorthodox. And do you think that yeah. some players, it might turn them off and they might be like, yeah, I don't want to go there. Well, it becomes self-selecting, doesn't it? Because I think if 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 Pep in in wooing a player feels as though he falls into that category, then he probably doesn't want him anyway. So True. you know, I think it's about that chemistry between manager and player. And, and if it doesn't exist, they won't sign. And uh, so I, I think it's unlikely that it puts him off. I think if you saw the Ozil article, how Ozil's moaning in his book about how when he was going between Real and Barcelona, that Pep wasn't personally around to try and woo him in the way that Mourinho was. I think that just says it all. He just didn't want him. So I think, you know, these sorts of situations, if Pep wants you, I think he'll he'll call you. And I think it's going to be persuasive, uh, you know, if there's that chemistry. And if there's not that chemistry, then I, I guess Pep will get pretty cool on it pretty quickly as well. Awesome. Um, right, gentlemen, uh, that was the review show. So, Stefan, really good to have you back, man. Thank you. Cheers. Um, thank you, Julian. Thank you. Appreciate it. Howard, thank you very much. Pleasure. As always, thank you to everybody who yeah. listened. If you like what we do, go to iTunes, hit subscribe. Uh, send us a tweet if you've got any questions. Remember to hashtag it hashtag 9320 Um, now we will be back later this week with a transfer special with Jonathan Johnson from ESPN and BN Sport talking about our links to Mbappe and Fabinho and all the other Monaco players it will for sure be a very interesting chat Um, yeah until then thanks for listening be safe and be well Mm -hmm.